I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Rebecca Matalonis. Uh, Rebecca is the operations manager for Cassandra Properties. She's responsible for the inception and implementation of a host of systems and initiatives there. Um, I think talking about all of that will be much more interesting if you sort of tell us if, to hear it coming from your mouth, Rebecca. So um, thanks for being on the show. And, and I'd love it if you could thanks go ahead and, and share your, your uh, story with us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started actually my career prior to real estate was human resources. And um, I was looking just for a change. I loved human resources, but just was looking for a change at one point in time in my life and kind of stumbled into real estate. I actually took a job um, doing accounting and turns out as much as I love numbers, I'm very social. So it was uh, not the greatest fit for me. And they were like, hey, maybe you should look into doing leasing because the company did um, commercial leasing. And so I kind of fell into that role. Um, and after that, I met James um, and went over to Cassandra Properties. And when I got there, um, he kind of allowed me to utilize my skill set of human resources and um, operations management and that type of thing. So um, long story short, that's kind of how I fell into this role. Um, and now I kind of run the day-to-day -day stuff at the company. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I think as I'm, the more people I talk to on the podcast, the more I'm finding, and even in my own life, that just your life, whatever you had leading up into getting into real estate seems to contribute to kind of how that, how <laughs> some of those skills, some of those um, experiences contribute to how you handle the real estate side of things. So um, maybe talk about a little bit, you know, sort of what you are doing, some of those things that you've implemented to help the business run better and stuff like that. What, what and sure. how, maybe how that relates to your background in human resources. Okay. Yeah. So um, when I came on, I, they had, they had some systems in place and they weren't bad systems. They just needed improvement. So the first thing I did was I kind of dug into everything. I went through all of their like policy and procedure manuals and um, just every, every procedure that they had in place and revamped the entire thing. So I'm very organized. So I reorganized everything and made it simpler, uh, digitized a lot of stuff because there was a lot of things that they were still doing by hand. Um, also like the, they even did that in like the accounting realm. They had commission sheets that they were still doing filled out by hand. So I computerized all of those, put them into, you know, spreadsheets and QuickBooks and all of that. So that's kind of where I got to use some of my, my background in human resources. And then I put into place procedures for the hiring process of agents because they really didn't have a, a system for that. So I put that in place. Um, and that was fun. That was great for me because I still love human resources. I love everything about it, um, especially the 
talking with agents and, and really just working with people, employees, agents, whoever. Um, I like to kind of be that intermediate person between them. So I got to do that, which was really nice. Oh, that's cool. I think that's actually a, a thing that a lot of us and myself for sure struggle with in terms of, uh, you know, sort of when to hire, how to hire, who, who's the, you know, how do you know that it's the right person and things like that. So probably you can speak a lot to, to that. What, what do you, yeah. what do you use as your process? What do you recommend for people um, in terms of, you know, whether it's the first employee or just in general, is it, is it better to have a, asking too many questions at once, but okay. I guess maybe talk a little bit about what, what you use as that process. Cause I think that'll actually be helpful for a lot of people in, in real estate as they grow their business. Yeah, absolutely. So I, the first thing I recommend that everybody do is come up with some sort of, there's all kinds of different personality tests. There's um, like leadership type tests, find one that you like. We um, use these called pro D's and they are fantastic and they utilize um, and figure out what your skill sets are, where your weaknesses are. You can tell a lot about a person based upon these um, tests. And it really just gives you a good idea. So you know a lot of the issues I think that companies have that they not necessarily have the wrong employee. It's just that the employees are miscast. And that happens. You see that so frequently. If you get the person in the right job and utilizing their skill set, you're golden. Like that's all you need. So I always encourage people to really pay attention to make sure that they put people in the right positions. And I know with, with real estate, it's a little bit different because you're hiring agents, but even to know like, okay, this agent is going to be really good with residential, maybe not as much with commercial. It's really too, I mean, as most people know who are involved in real estate, it's two different animals, right? Yeah, so it really ones. requires two different two different personalities. Some people are able to do both and that's awesome. And some people really prefer one or the other just based upon the differences of the two. So that's really my main thing is to kind of figure that out, get to know the person via one of these personality tests. And then it really gives you just a great way to figure out where they would be the best fit. Okay. And so beyond the personality test, is there, I guess, how do you do your the process of hiring you send you post for a job then then they're going to submit an application i would assume and then then yeah. you send them the personality test or how does how does that process work because i'd imagine it's not just just the personality test obviously you need to interview them and things like that yeah so same thing you post um then i usually get once i get um applications in i scan them and after you've done hr for a number of years. It's funny because I talk with other people who are in HR, you know, like there are certain things that you see on applications and you just push them right to the side. Um, so I narrow those down and then I always do like a first interview. And if the first interview goes well, that's when I'll engage and get a personality type test done. Okay. okay. And after that's done, then I'll call them back for the second interview. And then, you know, it's either a, an in or out. So, okay. Yeah. What gets you pushed to the side? <laughs> typos. <laughs> it's the so biggest people, thing. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Typos. I mean, typos people. in general make me crazy. Yes. But yeah, it's it seems like such a simple thing to kind of not have typos on your resume and be yeah, and, just attention know, to detail. Yeah. Proper grammar. 
you see that so often, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm always baffled at how people don't know how to use like their, you know, yeah. their, yeah. there they are right yeah. properly. And it's fine. You don't have to, but have somebody double check your resume and right. make sure that your resume looks proper and your grammar is good. And you have no typos because almost anyone guaranteed if they've been doing HR for years, will take it and just, sorry, but no. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of a, a an easy, uh, it's an easy bar to step over. And if you don't, then it's probably, you know, don't have high hopes that they're going to be able to handle the rest of the job. So I imagine that that exactly. a, makes it <laughs> in, when you have a pile of applications, it's an easy place to kind of cross things off. Um, yeah. so, so once you get what if, so when you get someone in there, what if, mm -hmm. what if they don't fit, you know, you said that you're most of the time they're just miscast. So if if they're not, you know, sort of the good employee, so how, how do you how do you recognize those things? How do you and then how do you fix them? Well, okay, so if we're talking an employee, um if somebody you there's so many different little things that you'll notice if someone is miscast. Um and often if you pay enough attention you'll be able to see, especially if you're an intuitive person, which I am, I can usually sense if somebody's just not, it's just not right, it's not the right fit. Um, and then what I always think that you should do is work with someone first before you say, oh, I'm done, you know, this isn't gonna work. I always try to give people a chance to prove that they've, you know, they're, they can do the job if they're in the right position. So I will then maybe try to figure out what their strength is and fit, fit them, move them into what would work better. Now that's not always the case. You can't always do that. Um, it depends on the size of your business and what kind of different positions you have. But if possible, if you can move someone around and get them to work mostly in their gifts and their skill sets, that's what you need. It's, I can't, I can't really impress upon people enough. When someone is working in their gift, you have an amazing employee. It is yeah. such a difference to see someone working in their gift versus not working in their gift. It's almost like two totally different people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I feel like I've seen that too in, in jobs that I've had, just people that seem to be in, in one position, they're almost like a problem employee. And then mm -hmm. in another position, they're a rock star. And it's kind of like just finding that spot for them. Um, I think that that's a really good point. So, so you're not, you're not really doing HR specifically now, right? That and and so what what <laughs> other or maybe you are doing that as well. What what other things are you doing uh, within the company? Well, I wear many hats, so I still kind of oversee the HR stuff. Um, I do, like I said, I I implement any new systems, like we're doing, getting a new CRM right now. So I'm overseeing all of that implementation. Um, I also do business coaching for the company. I just started that actually. Um, so coaching some of the agents, helping them. Um, I do as far as, so I started doing commercial leasing. That's how I kind of got into this role um, as well. So like I said, lots of hats, but um, I manage all of the, we work on a couple of shopping centers. So I manage the leasing for those. Um, what don't I do? That's, I know, that's like, the real that's question. A, sounds very busy. I. I don't, I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's like the ideal person sometimes to have on your team. I know you're talking about 
finding the right role for people. But sometimes mm -hmm. I, I think that the, the best employees are the people that can do a few different things, right? And kind of fit in where needed. And, and I think it sounds like that's what <laughs> kind of exactly what you're doing is just whatever needs to be done, you're doing it. And, and maybe that's, you know, as, as an operations manager, that's what it is. It's just kind of taking everything and making sure that these individual, uh, you know, portions are running smoothly. Um, when, when you're doing, so as a commercial leasing broker, what, what does that look like? How do you approach, you know, cause there's going to be a lot of people maybe listening to this that have uh, some, some commercial properties that are, you know, industrial or, or retail or something like that. What does that look like to you when you're trying to fill those spots in your, in the shopping centers? How does that process work? Um, well, that process in a shopping center is a little bit different. Um, we always have um, site visits. Those are really important, especially um, when, when seeing a new center. Um, tenants like to know who else is gonna be in the shopping center with them. Co-tenancy is what they call it, um, is a big deal. James and I worked on Empire Outlets on Staten Island and it, that was kind of like my first big leasing project. And it was very eye-opening because you go to a mall or a shopping center and you don't think about who's next to who or that they would even care who's next to who. But now that I do, you, you see like, oh, children's tend to always be together and shoes tend to be more you know, together and, and different brands um, you pick up now that I have the experience, but before I would have never noticed that. Um, so yeah, we do site visits with them and then you know, negotiate leases, finding them the right space is always a little bit tricky, but um, yeah, so as far as what I do on a daily basis now with that kind of stuff, I'm not necessarily doing the leasing anymore, but um, I'm making sure that the leases have gone out. Um, I do all of like the center updates for the owners. Um, I work on the CAM budgets, those types of things. Um, it just is what I enjoy. So that's kind of what I've, I've started doing more of now. Will you explain what CAM budget or what CAMs are? <laughs> I, I know, but I, I, I think people will uh, maybe true. not understand. You, you forget that people don't know. Right. So it's the common area maintenance. So it's all of those places that, you know, the like the lobbies or the restrooms in the centers, those open air spaces, um, somebody has to pay for those, like the lighting, the heating, the air conditioning, all of that. So what every tenant has to do is they pay a percentage or a, an amount per square foot. Now, at the end of the year, you have to reconcile that amount, right? Make sure that what they've paid is the right amount so that everybody is paying exactly what they're supposed to for their lease. So somebody has to go in and reconcile all of those. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of spreadsheet work, which I actually thoroughly enjoy. So <laughs> Good. So yeah, so it's it basically you're, you're you're sort of saying okay, this is what the budget for that those common areas are going to be for the year, and at the end of the year, have to kind of make sure that you know if people have overpaid or underpaid. Exactly, that, that everything sort of, matches uh, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so, will you talk a little bit? I, I assume that in the shopping center that you've got, they've got triple net leases. Or is this, yeah, will you talk a little bit about kind of explain how that works for people? 
Sure. So a triple net lease means that they are paying a base rent and then they pay um, taxes, insurance, and common area maintenance. So it's three things. Sometimes you'll see a double net, um, but it's most commonly a triple net lease. So sometimes you have a gross lease where it encompasses all of that. And so they're paying, let's say, instead of paying $30 per foot plus triple net and your triple net charges are $10 just to make life easy, yeah. they're going to pay $40 gross. And then at the end of the year, there's no CAM reconciliation. They don't have to worry about any of that. They don't have to worry about the tax increase or insurance um, increase, anything like that. It's all covered in this gross rents. So a lot of people like gross rents um, as tenants, as landlords, we like triple net leases. Yeah, because there's I, escalations in there that we can charge for and all of that. Right. Yeah. With the, with the triple net, then then any of those maybe unforeseen increases, you those are taken by the tenants, whereas with the gross, you're you're hoping that nothing exactly. yet. Yeah, there are no surprises and you don't have to come up with any sort of extra money to cover that. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely makes sense that it would be <laughs> the triple net is more <laughs> landlord friendly. Um, yes, it is. I don't know. That's that's very interesting. I think uh, you know a lot of people people not in the real estate space maybe don't realize that the, there are a lot of different assets within commercial real estate. A lot of different asset classes, you know, with retail or, or industrial or multifamily or self storage, and how how very different they all can be. And so I think it's really kind of interesting. We haven't really talked to anyone about, you know, sort of that sort of triple net lease and, and the real uh, commercial space on, on the podcast. So, so thank you kind of for, for talking about that. Um, well, let me, let me dive into some of the questions that I like to ask every guest um, for, because the name of the podcast is Know Your Why. Uh, mm -hmm. Rebecca, can you tell us what your why is? What what's really your driving force behind your success and your, um, you know, growth in in business and life? I sure. guess. <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, let's see. Hmm. Um, my why. I am a go getter. I always have been. Um, but I would say that my my why is people. I love people. I tried to spend a part of my life not focusing on that and, and trying to be like more focused on what I needed to get done, but it all comes down to what, what really sets your soul on fire, right? And for me, it's, it's helping people, which is why I got into human resources um, and encouraging other people. So I've kind of been able to do that in my role along with the other things that I thoroughly enjoy, like organizing and implementing things. So I kind of have the best of both worlds. Nice, nice. So you, as you said before, you sort of found your found your position that, that you are able to use your passion, uh, you know, your passion to, to drive your skills. So that's really pretty cool. Um, tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge. A, a skill or a hobby or something like that that maybe not everybody knows about you well it's become more uh i guess more people know now just because james made me sing on the podcast once but i i love to sing sing okay. my entire life um I, you know i'm not going to be a grammy winner by any means but i love it so i i was in a band i think i started in in a band when i was five wow. and um just kind of kept going and I oh I did spend uh, <laughs> quite a few years singing for weddings and funerals which 
the funerals part always grabs people by surprise. Like, They're like, what? <laughs> like, you can actually make good money getting hired to sing one song at a funeral. Um, but yeah, so I did, I did that for several years. That's amazing. I, I've never heard of singing at a Isn't wedding. <laughs> Or no, sorry, at a singing. funeral, I mean. Oh, I was going to say, what? Yeah, I was like, no, wedding, wedding definitely, yes. But wedding singer, I mean, there's a movie called Wedding Singer, right? Like, <laughs> the, yeah, no, singing at a funeral, though, that's, I. I know, it's not something that you would commonly think of, but when you go, usually there's some form of music in the background or, you know, when somebody does a slideshow, that's yeah. typically when they would request a song. So, you know, I would sing. Sometimes I, country is like my least favorite um genre of music and that's always what I got requested to really? sing always I always sing some form of a country song at a funeral that's so kind funny. Of strange but true that's so funny that's that's amazing I love music so that's a really that's really cool to hear um if people want to reach out to you and, and get to know you is, is there a, uh, something we can put in the show notes as far as a way to connect yeah absolutely um they can find me on instagram becca madalonis um, or you can email me, Rebecca at CassandraProperties.com. Awesome. And then final question, what mm -hmm. piece of advice would you give to people that, you know, maybe uh, if you think about yourself a few years back to get where you've gone now, what, would, what advice would you give to people in terms of, of succeeding? Mm. That's a good question. Um, singing at funerals singing at funerals yeah no definitely not although hey you know uh Maybe. if it's what you love then <laughs> go right. for it uh never give up if you have a dream and you see it but it seems impossible you just you just keep going just do not give up whatever you do just keep going you will find a way if you are determined to get where you want to be you're going to get there you just yeah. got to keep going yeah, that's really good. I, I, I really sort of resonate with that. That's one I've, I've often had to, at times have to tell myself, don't just don't, if you don't give up, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna make it. So it's kind of yeah. uh, a really good, a good piece of advice. I feel like people often just, it's so easy to give up. And sometimes in our culture, it's people want to give up when you come up against something difficult, but learning that skill too, of how to persevere is such an awesome life skill because you will need it many times. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it, yeah, a lot of times it is easier to just kind of quit or give up on what you're really, you know, because the, the hard stuff is is just that, it's hard. So exactly. trying to uh, form that mindset around not stopping when it gets hard and realizing that on the other side, it's, it's all gonna be worth it, so that's, very Absolutely. cool. Thank you. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it was really great me. to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think with that, we'll get out of here and I'll let you get back to your, what is probably a very, very busy day. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs>